Tov, everybody. Um, as of uh, today, we will have done 100 daf in Baba Kama. So throw yourself a little party. Today's daf is Kuf Aleph. Uh, we pick up with the Mishnah on Kuf Amud Bet. And the uh, first previous Mishnah had spoken about... Um, uh, workers who damage the objects that they've been given and they're liable and they have to pay. It was, it was maybe a type of a mazik. Interestingly, though, a certain level of negligence was needed and we had a whole discussion that if somebody's pi- primary, you know, role vis-a-vis this object is that of a, cre- of, a, of a of a workman or is that of a shomer, that that might actually put it in a different category than Adama mazik even when the object is damaged. But anyway, that was sort of the background to this mission, which fits more in our Perek, uh, because that was just a straight case of damage. You know, you were banging in the uh, nail in the uh, box, and the box shattered. Now we're going to get back to a case of Shinoi, but Shinoi not in the context of Gzela, but in the context of here, a craftsman or worker working on some object of yours. So let's take a look at the Mishnah. Hanotein Semer Latzaba. So somebody gave wool to a dyer. Um, this has been quoted uh, before, or this are variations of this. Um, and the pot scalded it, like the pot burnt it, you know, ruined it. Those in low demates morrow. You have to give him the cost of the wool. You know, this is, this is a continuation of the previous Mishnah, whether uh, it assumes negligence, the degree of negligence needed, that's not being discussed, but the point is it was damaged in the process of working with his wool. It was destroyed. You pay for it. Fine. That's an easy case. That's when it was essentially destroyed. Now, Tzva'o Ka'or, this does not mean like light, the olive here is in place of an ayin, if it was dyed in an inferior, with an inferior dye. So you use the right color, but you use some inferior dye. Um, and obviously, so the qual- resulting quality was not as good. So in this case, it's not considered a shinoi. Nobody discusses the possibility that it's a shinoi and that you might take possession of the object and pay him for the cost of the wool. Because basically, they, he said dye it red, and you dyed it red. Okay, but you did a poor job. All right, so it's not a shinoi for you to say you now own the object. Question is, how do you deal with the fact that you create, you know, that it would have been worth $200, and because you used a poor dye or you did a poor job, it's only worth $150, okay? So, you know, what type of responsibility do you have? It's a good question, right? I give you $100 worth of wool and $50 as your, as your salary, and I'm expecting to get a $200 product, and you come out with a $150 product, right? What's my recourse, right? Are you a mazik? I mean, the wool's worth more, are you um, are you are you Kone with a shinoi? No, you're not. So what's my recourse? So the mission says that you I have to pay you now the lesser of the two, the lesser of your expenses, hotsa'a, okay, yitzia, or of the amount that the wool improved. Now, first of all, it would be very bizarre. You must have really been a bad you know, craftsman, if you're, if the improvement of the wool is less than the mountain effort you put in, right? I mean, I know we've all done that, or I've all done that in your, your home improvement projects. <laughs> you spend more money and you actually make your home worth less, or whatever. You know, t- if you don't know what you're doing, if you don't know what you're doing, you can definitely have it that your expenses are more than the increased value. Hopefully, that's not normally the case, but maybe it is. So I pay the guy, I'm first going to read the shot of the mission, and then I'm going to sort of tell you how Tosus reads it based on Yerushalmi, okay? The shot of the Mishnah is, I pay you the lesser of your expenses or of the increase. So let's assume it's a normal case where your expenses are less than the increase. So I contracted, I gave you $100 worth of wool. I contracted a $50 fee, and I was expecting $200 worth of wool. In the end, the wool was worth only $150, okay? But maybe your, your actual fee for your labor, of that $50, right, tw- $25 is your expenses, and $25 is labor. So in that case, I'm only going to pay you for your expenses. You lost your labor, buddy. You're, you should have created me a much better product. So I'm going to only pay you 25 bucks, And I'm going to get $150 worth of wool. Am I making as much profit as I thought I would make? I thought I would make $50 profit. In this scenario, are people getting this scenario? I'm only making $25 worth of profit, right? What? No, I gave him $100 worth of wool. I paid him for his expenses, but not for his labor. So I paid him 25 and the wool is worth 150 no, but the wool is worth 150 so I made $25 worth of profit. Okay? The owner of the wool made The owner of the wool. I'm, talking, I'm the owner of the wool. 
well, okay, but meaning the what they he netted from the whole enterprise was uh, wool that was worth twenty five more dollars than he put into the whole enterprise. That's what I'm talking about. The money he made, okay? Yeah, but I'm talking about the owner. All right. So you got your wool, okay? That's worth a hundred dollars. Okay, you would have paid the worker fifty dollars for his efforts. Of that fifty dollars, okay, twenty-five is expenses and twenty-five is his fee. Okay, and if he had done the job right, okay, so if he had done the job right, you were expecting the wool would have been worth two hundred dollars, that you would have made a fifty-dollar profit. Okay, but he did he did a lousy job. And now the wool is really only worth $150. I don't know how to indicate that. Okay. The wool is only worth $150. This is the actual value of the wool. Not your $200, which is what you were hoping, right? But it's only worth 150 So, if you were to pay him full, you'd come out having got no profit. So, what it says is, fine. Pay him his expenses. Don't pay him his cost of labor. And then you'll at least have made $25. That's if the improvement is greater than the expenses. Now, by the way, even in that scenario, at least you made 25, you didn't make 50, you made 25, but in that scenario, it's possible to give scenarios where it's going to be, uh, you'll make zero. Let's say the resultant cost, the resultant value of the wood was $125, okay? Then you pay him his expenses, or it's 130, let's start this, I pay him it's 130. You pay him his expenses, you made five bucks out of it, okay? So you're starting to make less and less, okay? Let's say the resultant value of the wool is $120. So that's the case in the Gemara, the mission where it says, in Hayesiah, the $25 is more than the Shevach. The increased value is $20 here, right? So the Yetziah, the expense is more than the Shevach, so then you just pay him for the increase, $20. Which means you're not going to lose any money off of it, but in that case, you made zero. You are hoping to get a $50 profit out of this enterprise, okay? So you're going to make zero out of that. Now, there's a way, right? So, I mean, as long as there's some improvement, which is what we're assuming, okay, even if it's only worth $105, okay, so you don't have to pay him his fee, you don't have to pay him his expenses, but you pay, but you do pay at least the amount that it improved, $5. So, at the end of the day, you're going to make zero. You break okay? even. You're, yeah, you break even. You break even, okay? So that's the out of this mission, you either pay him his expenses and you're not going to get the full amount of profit you were hoping, but you'll get maybe some profit, okay, or if the value was was very, very little, competitive to his, you know, comparable to his expenses, you're going to pay for the increased value and you're going to make zero off of the whole transaction. And if that, if that a beautiful $100 of wool, wool as a result of this is now devalued to $75. Then he pays as a mazik. That's, that's the first half of the mission. That's Nezek. That's the first half of the Mishnah. So the thing is here, right, the Gemara Mishnah doesn't tell you what is the mechanism that explains this. I mean, this seems like a reasonable way of dealing with it, right? But, you know, uh, but like, if the guy isn't a Mazik, he isn't a Goslin, he isn't a Kona Bishinoi, he's like a worker that did not do what you hired him for. So what the Chazal basically come and they say is, well, then we're going to have to, in that case, basically read into the contract, as, you know, adjust the terms of the contract. And we're going to say that if he does it in a bad way, that actually now the result is, you know, now let's say you were hoping it was going to be worth 150 and it was worth 145. Like, I mean, you know, presumably there's a point in which he did everything right and it's still not, you know, things didn't work out perfectly. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that he actually did vary from what he was supposed to do. He used the wrong die. Okay, he wasn't Mazikit. He wasn't Gazalit. It wasn't a Shinoi. But he did something wrong and it did not result in the same quality. So what Chazal is saying is we're going to now reread the terms of the contract and say, and say that you only owe him the lesser, you don't pay him for his work, because his work was garbage, you, but he did have out-of-pocket expenses, so you only pay him for the lesser of his out-of-pocket expenses or for the improved value of the object. So yes, you're not going to make as much profit, but you're not going to lose any money, and he's going to lose his labor, and that's like a reasonable pshara. Like again, I don't know if this is a din, but this is sort of the, what Chazal imposed on this. Yes, Charlie. So it's a it's a sense to say that the uh, laborer gets anything because he completely screwed up. He doesn't get anything for his labor. He only gets for his expenses. But his out-of-pocket law, expenses. Secular law says a contractor wouldn't even get that. He'd have to eat the whole thing because he completely screwed up and did not 
produce the work that was uh, under contract. Yeah, but there's a question about degree of variation, right? We're going to get to the next part of the Mishnah where he actually did the wrong color dye. Here, it wasn't that he actually did a complete variation. He just did an inferior job in the job he was supposed to do. I am sure that there's a lot of complicated, like, secular law about this case, okay? Like, you understand, it's not like, it's not like he was supposed to, you know, fix the rear fender and he fixed the front fender or whatever, something like, you know, he did something completely wrong, right? It was that, like, it's not 100%, you know, you didn't make the car look like it was new. It was supposed to come out looking new. So do I owe you nothing? Do I owe you something but not as much as we agreed upon? Right? I mean, so I'm, I, I have no idea what the answer is, but there's, like, not a, I don't think it's clear-cut what the answer should be in that case. Yes. Not a I mean, like, you know, before when I gave it to him, it was this piece of wool. I wouldn't say this Oh, no, no. It's shinoing that it was, it was undyed wool and it's dyed, but because because it's dyed black and that was following the directions of the owner, so then it's not considered a shinoi to have been different from, you know, you're right. It's a shinoi from what it was, but not a shinoi in the sense of taking it away from the owner and something different from the owner. Yes? We're not calling the tradesman Hosea. Um, we might be, but it's not mazik because the object isn't worth less than it was. It's a lack of the improvement to the degree we were hoping. And, you know, and then the question becomes, so what becomes now uh, in terms of our, my contractual ob- agreement to pay him for his work? But no, he might be a poshaya. But in the first case, the wool was destroyed. He was a mazik. Here you're not a mazik. It's just not worth as much as we were hoping, right? So this is the basic shot about expenses versus improvement and you're not paying for the labor. Now I want to say that Tosvos has a read of Yerushalmi. Tosvos sort of admits it's not shot of Yerushalmi but he quotes to Ray the Re read the Yerushalmi that basically says that I won't sort of try to work it in with you with all the language of the Mishnah but what he basically tries to read is the is, is that what you're paying him is for is that you, we basically figure out what profit you would have made okay and then we try we, we make Make the arrangement as such that you're able, as, if at all possible, to retain that amount of profit. So in this scenario, you would have made fifty dollars profit. Okay, so Tosu says in that case you pay him nothing. You got now Woolworth one hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, if it had all gone right, you would have paid him fifty. It would have been worth two hundred. You would have made a fifty dollar profit. In this case, you pay him nothing. So you had a hundred dollar wool and you ended up with a fifty dollar profit. Okay, and then basically what Tosa says, and I won't again try to work it into the words of the Mishnah, but just the basic conceptual approach is, you figure out how much profit you should have made if uh, everything had gone right, and basically you pocket that, and if there's anything left over, you pay him. Okay, now you don't, he doesn't pay you for loss of profit, right? If you would have made $50, and now even if you pay him zero, you're still only making 40 fine, you've only made 40 Okay, but you start with the idea that you deduct the profit that you would have made from the contractual arrangement, okay, and then you pay him the difference, okay? That's different. That's a different reading of what we said. But what Tosos wants to do is ensure as much as possible that you're able to get the profit you would have deserved. That's what's okay? pressure on the artist. Yeah, clearly. Okay, this case we're just saying, like, you don't have to pay him for his labor if he screwed up, but you're, you're probably, you, there's a good chance you're going to be not, you know, not come out with as much profit as you had hoped, okay? Tosa starts the other way. Like, that guy might even lose his out-of-pocket expenses, right. okay? Right. Because you're entitled, if, if under normal circumstances, that would, you know, everything had gone right, it would have been worth X amount more, you're entitled to come away with that amount of profit. Not, he won't have to pay you for it directly. Again, he's not a mazik, but indirectly he caused you to not have that profit, so you get to deduct that from any money you would have paid him. Yeah. Again, only conceptually, that's harder to prove, no? In other words, I'd have to be able to prove that the market wouldn't right. absolutely enable me to get this amount of money. Right. I mean, but even here when we're talking about how much is the Shevach, how you assess the Shevach, you have to figure out what, yeah, what is the market price. Clearly, there's always going to be that problem. Okay. I don't know. It depends. I mean, t- I, mean t- I-, I haven't sort of seen how this plays out in, you know, bottom line, Psalachot, but my guess is not Tosis' way. It's so clearly not Pshat, and even Tosis admits that it's not Pshat. But it was interesting there. You asked a micro question. So what's the law? <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but it's important to notice that he's, where he's coming from, right? It's a different perspective. Okay, let's take, continue with the Mishnah. Um, okay. Um, now, How about if there was a more clear, not just an inferior job, but violating the instructions of the owner, and you produce an end result, like a different 
different color, then we can start talking about the idea of a shinoi. Okay, now again, it's a shinoi not in the context of gzela, but this is what this is doing in our mesechet. Okay? We're black and he did red. Rabbi Meir says, that's like mazik. Okay, you're kone with a shinoi and he just pays you for the wool. Okay? Um, now, Rabbi Huda Omer, the same as the previous law. You're not Kona with Shinoi. Okay, he did not do the job you had hired him for. The improvement wasn't as much as you were hoping. So you pay the lesser of expenses and improvement. Okay? So basically the debate is when the Uman acts out of, instru- out of his instructions, out of, you know, and he makes it a different object than you were hoping, not just inferior, okay, is there a concept of Kona with a Shinoi? And that's what it's doing here. The Masechet starts with Shinoi by Gzela. Does Shinoi apply here as well? Jenny, you had a question. Well, the weird thing about the answer is that when you were talking about dyeing different colors, maybe the it's worth more, right. A guy could have a great little uh, business model. Somebody comes in with some high quality wool, I'm going to sort of dye it the wrong color, I'll make the profit off of it. <laughs> okay, you probably, probably won't stay in business too long, but that's absolutely correct, and that's worth the point that it's not clear according to Rebbe Meir and Rebbe Yehuda which one is more, you know, machmir or which one is better for the owner of the wool and which one is better for the professional, right? It, like, it could work out different in different cases. So, you know, it's not coming from a sense of I want to protect the interests of the manufacturer. I want to protect the interests of the of the guy with the, the you know of the client because there's no way to determine who's going to come out better. It's a conceptual question of are you kona with a shinoi or not? Is shinoi relevant in this case or not? Okay, let's take a look at the Gemara. My kaor. What does it mean kaor? Again, Rashi says it's really like with an ayin inferior. Okay, I'm, what would be the scenario of that? Kalbus. Um, which is very helpful. My kabus, I'm a rabbi of Shmuel, the kafra duty, the sort of the gook on the bottom of the pot. Okay, so you use like inferior dye, the dye, you know, I don't know, there's like a process. Greg, the right, there, there's some process, right, of like taking, you know, these, uh, uh, whatever, they are uh, like uh, gall uh, nuts, I guess it's if you're making uh, like a black yeah. dye or whatever, and you put a, you, you, you know, you immerse them in water, and, you know, and that creates a dye. So somehow, in some time of that process, it's some of the residue. stuff, there's a residue. So you use the residue, you don't use the, 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 the higher quality, or just the standard quality. Okay, Tara Banan. Okay, you made you gave wood to say here, make a chair, and he made a stool. Safsal vasamem kisei a stool. Like a bench. Um, you're right. Maybe it's more like a bench. Okay, a bench. I, could it be both? What's a stool? What's a stool in Hebrew? Stool is like a three legged. Uh, that's three legged. Like I know what it is. What's the Hebrew word for it? <laughs> Sorry. Okay, it's not a safsal. Stool is all a. Is it? They say bench. Okay. Okay. Anyway, fine. Whatever. We'll throw. We'll, 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 all right. We will go with bench. Okay. You're definitely right, Michael. That there are stories about people sitting on a bench. Four people sitting. Fifth person comes along. Okay. I think in modern Hebrew, I don't know. What do I know? Okay. Or a stool, and he made a chair. Rabbi Mayer. I said stool again. A bench. Quiet, everybody. A bench, and he made a chair. Rabbi Meir, Omer, no sin loads may eat sab. Rabbi Meir says, just like the question of red and black, this is even more radical than red and black. Your kona with the shinoi, pay him for the wood. Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, no. You're not kona with the shinoi. You're just a craftsman that did not sort of do the end result as desired, but you weren't a mazik, and you pay the guy the lesser of expenses and the improved value. Okay. Umoda Rebbe Meir, now Rebbe Meir agrees, I'm going to have to split you two up. Umoda Rebbe Meir, inasan eitzim laharash lasot mehem kisei, na'eh, but now, again, this is like the using the inferior dye. Rabbi Meir agrees that there are some things which are not considered a shinoi. If you said, I wanted you to make a gorgeous uh, chair, like a throne, and they made like a little, like, you know, plain one, okay, to make a beautiful bench, and he did a, you know, he, he did an inferior job.
job. Okay? Then, in that case, he's not, you're not going with a shinoi, and you just pay the difference. Okay? You pay the minimum. Uh, the, the, the smaller of the two. Okay? So that is just a nice application, taking the exact issue of the Mishnah, and going from colors to a more radical change of form. Okay? Um, and it's the same basic issue. If it's basically the same object, same colors and whatever, but inferior, everybody agrees that you're not Kornos or Shinoi and it's the lesser of the two. And the question is when it's a different type of an object. So yes. Shavach, like, you know, take into account my advertising, for instance, like, let's say I'm a, I'm a merchant, right? Right. And I sell like high-end stuff right now. Right. So it's like, you know, a little nothing there that's right. harder for me to sell so I'm going right. to have to go through more advertising expenses or whatever it is they end up taking into account I mean you're, it's a good question you're right meaning when I figure out the cost right is there's like a wholesale cost and a resale cost like if I wanted to get rid of this right away you know I could get X amount for it you know sure I could try uh, keep it in my store for a year and finally somebody will buy it at the retail cost the other thing would have sold much quicker mm-hmm. yeah that's a very good question how you figure out uh, yeah those are all excellent questions right I mean you know again I had this I have a friend who said to me you know that you see in the Gemara like he says like half of law is not figuring out like you know the, the legal case is not figuring out like the law it's like figuring out like you know like these protein like how you determine the facts and how you assess the fact whatever you know like almost all of that is always missing from the Gemara right and that would make all the difference in these cases okay anyway so similar to these are some great broad conceptual questions you know that the, that the Bible asks you know in, like yesterday or two days ago we had the question about Uman kone kli. Like the improvement of the thing before it's handed over is that owned by the person who created it, right? You know, is there a sense of you know if you create something you own it until you actually hand it over? Well, here there's a question of if it's a different conceptual question. I dye your wool, okay? Is that considered like my dye is still present in your wool? So what's the relevance of that question, right? And the way the Gemara is going to reframe this in a minute, maybe, and this might help you, is chazusa milsa here low. Is the color of something, the appearance of something, is that really like the object is physically present? Like, do I say what I have here is a shirt, and there's all, I also have some blue dye together in my shirt, right? Or is that this thing, it's just a blue shirt. It's not like there's dye that's still present here. Okay, now what's the napkin of well, that you, question? You like for Mikla questions, right? Well, like the, right, that's, that's so, Okay, so let's take a look. So, is the improvement of the dye still present in the wool? So, hey, what's the case? I stole from Michael some, some, uh, some uh, again, the word is in spices. I don't know what the word is. We're not fragrances, dyes. But, but, it's, but the, it's not, when we think of dye, we think of like the liquid. I basically stole from you the, 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 the right, the, uh, the, 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 the actual vegetable, uh, you know, object. The gra- the uh, the seed was a they ingredients yeah. that's helpful. Okay, anyway, I stole from you the uh, you know the various sort of uh, uh, raw materials to make the dye. Okay, the dakinu vitarinu, and I stomped on them and I sort of immersed them in water to produce the dye. Fitzavabehen, and then I used it to dye something with those. And the quest, well, and then the question is, can I say, oh look, that's still your dye over there? Take it back. So the mother says, no. Typically, mishum de mishum mishum dakinu vishinoi. When I went through that process of pro- stamping on them and, and, and immersing them, I took possession of it right away. It's not the question of when the dye hits the wool. I, 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 I totally took possession of it at that moment with the shinoi. So Ella... So the the kanina b'shina. I just lost my place. No tzricha the gazel samanim shruyim. Okay, no, I actually stole from Michael here um, the actual like liquid dye. Okay, they were already immersed. I stole the liquid dye. But savabehu, and then I went there and I used his liquid dye to dye my wool. So what's the question? So do we say Michael's dye is still present in my wool? And then Michael can say to me, Hey, Dove, you, you know, you, you, my dye is on your wool. Give me back my dye. And then he's going to take my wool with it. Oh, Dioma. Well, okay, let's just sort of see where we go with this, okay? Or maybe, no, your dye is no longer present. All you have left is color. Your dye isn't present. And I can tell Michael, huh, I don't have your stuff. Go, go, you know, go, you know, you know, go take a long walk off a short pier. And then what so, the, <laughs> so the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, what are you talking 
talking about? I still stole it. Yeah. I can't get rid of Michael. Amri, the ancient Samanim Agave Tzemer, even if the die isn't physically present, how can I take, tell Michael, go fly a kite. You don't have, you don't, I don't owe you anything. Name away, Havli Samanai Dav Michael can say, fine, you don't have my die, so it's not physically present, so you, so you destroyed it, so pay me for it. So either way, it's not like in one case I have to pay him and in the other case I don't have to pay him. That's not irrelevant. That, there's no possibility, however you come out on this question, that I get away from paying Michael. I stole his stuff. Okay? So the Gemara says, Elafai, Lahachi, so let's reverse it. The die isn't considered physically present. So Michael says, you stole my die, it's no longer payment, present, pay me for it. It's $100, pay me for it. Or no, the die is still present, it's in the wool, it's present in the wool. I say, Michael, I'm not paying you $100. You want your die? It's still there. Shaklinu, go take it. Okay, try to take it off of the wool. Okay, uh, I didn't steal it. It's right there. It's yours. Just take it. So the Gemara says, Shaklinu, what do you mean take it? But my Shakli, how is he going to get his dye off of the wool? Okay, but Safa, so he's going to use some type of dye remover. That's what Safan is. Safan, Avuim Aver. It'll destroy the dye and he won't have anything. So Hashavu Avin, I didn't return it to him. So there's, I can't say to Michael, it's still there. Just take it. It can't be taken. Now, what could you say? I could say, take it with the wool. But why would I want to do that? I'm going to lose the wool. Okay? So what, again, would be the nafkamin of this question? And what's the case? Fine. I stole Michael's wool and I stole his dye. Okay? Because obviously, in, in, in the other case, it was my wool. And if the dye was present, I don't want to give him my wool. Right? So, you know, what's the nafkamin of the whole thing? So, right. Presumably, I would just pay you for the dye. So we have to have a case where it makes a difference. So the case would be, it's Michael's wool. I stole Michael's wool and Michael's dye. Okay? And I dyed Michael's wool with his dye. And I figured, like, I was going to go ahead and sell it and make a profit. Okay? Then I have a pang of conscience where I get caught. And I return now, Michael, the dyed wool to him. Have I returned to him everything I stole? Okay, I stole dye, I stole wool, I returned to him the dyed wool. I returned to you everything. Okay, I don't have to tell you, take the dye off the wool. I'm giving you both. I'm giving you both of them back. Yeah, but okay? I, I make more out of it. Ah, so that's what I was going to ask. Do we say the dye is still there? Now I've you know, done my obligation. I've returned both to him. Or maybe the dye is no longer present. And I've only returned to the wool, not the dye. And I still owe him for the dye. So the Gemara says, you owe him for the dye. So am I. The wool is now worth more. Okay, so if it's that the die is present, I've been Yotze. I return both. If the die isn't present, now this gets back to stuff we learned earlier. I steal something from somebody and I improve it as the goslin. I steal their cow. I improve their cow. It gets bigger. It gets fatter. I return it. If you remember the halacha before, it might have been based on Takana Sashavim. might have been based on Kinyan Exela, but whatever it was based on, I return the improved object. The person actually owes me for the improvement, right? People were joking that's a great business model, okay? But okay, that's the halacha. So I stole his wool, I stole his dye, I improved the value of the wool, presumably, right, it wouldn't be a good business if the, if, if, if the improved value wasn't worth more than the dye itself. So the dye was worth 25, the improved value is worth 50, so I return it to Michael, my, and, and Michael says, give me my dye. I say, give me the $50 that I improved the wool, okay? And at, at the end of the day, Michael's still going to owe me $25, because I know, you know, so in that case, if it's Yeshevach Samanim, okay, I return it, and if it's Ein Shevach Samanim, and I owe him for the die, but I'm also entitled to the improved value of the wool, I also am not going to have to pay him anything. Presumably that's even more than the die was worth. You had a question? Yeah, that's, that's the second case where it's both his wool and his die. Yes. The first case where it's his die, isn't that the, the, uh, the wood plank and the, the wood beam in the house case? Um, yeah, it might be, and that's sort of like what like Gemara was assuming that you wouldn't return the wool in that case, and you just pay him for it. Yeah. Okay, so the Gemara says, no, lo tzricha Okay, no, the case is here that the uh, cost of 
you know, the, the way Rashi says it is that the cost of the, of the dyed wool, the market has gone down. Okay, so basically, I still from Michael, wool worth 100 and dye worth 25. And under normal circumstances, I would have dyed it and the end result would have been $150 worth of wool. But, you know, of dyed wool. But the market has gone down since then and right now the end result is less than that. It's only 100, the wool, even with the $25 worth of dye, yeah, what used to be $25 worth of dye, is only 110. So here's my question. Well, I'm sorry, so the dyed wool is worth... The, the, the I sold $100 whole, worth of wool... 25, right, because okay. the value of dye has gone down. You, I, I, I decided to return it six months later, even two days later, the market plummeted, okay, and right now dye is worth less, and dyed wool is worth less, and everything is worth less, okay, the market plummeted. So, if the dye is still there, I return to him the physical object. It's like Haresha it doesn't matter what the value is, I return to you the physical object of the wood, the physical object of the dye, it's just in the wool, okay, and I return to you both objects, Haresha don't talk to me about dollar value. If, however, the dye isn't present, then I've returned him wool now, dyed wool, with an improved value of $5 or $10, but I stole dye worth $50 or $25 that's no longer present. So I never returned the dye, and I'm going to have to pay him the difference. Okay, so that is the question. If the dye is present, I've returned everything. If the dye isn't present, then I have to pay him for the value of the dye minus, minus the, uh, you know, the improved value of the wool. Why do you not say this is a shinoi in this case? Of the dye? Yeah. Well, that's what the Gemara is saying, is that is it considered a shinoi in the dye? I mean, like, obviously it is. I, mean, I can't fi- I don't know if obviously it is. I mean, I can't figure out in the Gemara what degree of a, of a, of a change of something is a shinoi, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I, like, sometimes the Gemara says small things are and big things aren't. It's like, I don't know. But the Gemara, but look, part of the point is that this is where dye normally goes. Dye doesn't, it's, it's, dye's purpose is not to sort of live independently, right? It's a goes to color something, and if you can see the results, so the question to what degree is that really a change in it? You know, now, uh, but I, I understand the question. I mean, intuitively, of course, the dye isn't present. Like the dye has undergone, even if it's somehow the physical essence of it is present. How do you to not I'm call like, it? Like I, say, oh, I understand blue with blue dye. dye. Right, right. I understand. I understand. It's like uh, yes, intuitively, it's a total shinui Hashem, etc. I, I agree with you. Yes. See, I mean, the way I've been thinking about it, tell me. This is what you, in other words, from the part, point of view of the of the wool, yeah. clearly a shinui. Right. The question is being framed from the perspective of the dye. Right. Although, although it's not clear that it's clearly a shinui wool. Is 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 raw wool and dyed wool a different thing? I mean, it is true that our mission sort of assumes black wool versus red wool is a shinui. Um, but the but, but, but this is assuming but this is assuming that you're returning the wool. So I don't know if the Gemara is assuming that the wool is a shinui. If the wool is a shinui, why are you returning the wool? Um, but yes, that's the question to ask as well. Is dyed wool a shinui from the plain wool? Right. Yeah, so, I've been looking up dyeing on the. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, of course. Um, dyeing, there's two types of colors in fabrics. Pigment you are, is basically painting the garment. Right. And in dyeing, it actually, there's actually a chemical reaction between the dye and the, uh, the yarn or right. the fabric. And it's not the same thing, and it, it's literally not the same thing anymore. So you mean even physically it's different? Physically it's a different right. thing. Right. I assume, we, look, it's like the difference between, like, you know, painting a table and staining a table, right? So dye, I think, is basically like staining. It yeah. gets absorbed into the material. It's not this coat, it's not this coat on the surface of something, right? So I agree. Logically, you would think that that's a real, yeah. A, it's not as considered physically present. It's not like a coat laying on the top. And it's a real Shinui, and I agree, is it a Shinui in the wall? It certainly should be a Shinui in the dye. I, I understand. The, the intuition here is to say, Ain Shavach Simanim, I got it, Emma. Yes, Jenna. Well, it's also weird because when you have a big vat of dye and you dye one piece of wool, you still have dye left. Right, so the scenario would have to be is that I used up all the dye. I took a little bit of dye, right, you know, right. But, okay, that is, though, the question. I understand the intuition here. I agree with it that logically this thing has undergone a Shinui, but that's the question. Do I return the dyed wool? What? I'm sorry, you Jaffe's a good word, right? Just uh, a second ago, maybe some of the name is translated as pigment. Maybe. Okay, uh, that's probably a good, a better word. 
but just okay, okay. So um, okay. So anyway, that's the scenario. I stole the dye and the wool. I dyed the wool. Am I have I returned them when I give dyed wool back, or do we have to figure out the whole dollar value here about the difference because I didn't really return the dye? Okay. So that's what Gemara says. Dezil tziva, The e by same if you want another scenario so what I did was I used it and I, and I painted now Rashi says Kufa is a monkey okay <laughs> Dosa says if you painted a monkey that's like you're a mazik on the die like you know that's like destroying it so Dosa says you painted a basket okay so if I painted a basket that's, that's an easier version and that's just another scenario where I stole Michael's basket I stole his paint I painted his basket but obviously but in that case the end result of the object is worth less than the raw materials because that was high quality dye that should have been used for wool etc instead I use it in a painted basket people are not going to pay a lot more than a plain basket okay so according to Tosis's read which we'll go with that's just another version rather than saying the market fell down you know the market values change it's another version where I'm returning the painted object to Michael but the end result is worth less than the raw materials so is it like I returned the raw materials or not in that case okay that's scenario number two Ravina my one minute what's the question we're, we're trying to frame this only in terms of monetary value. So this question, like, say it was a monkey, right? Right. You know, and the guy says, "What do you do to my monkey? You know, isn't that a damage like this? I don't want, you know, I don't want." Well, that's sort of what Tosa says. Although it's not a damage to the monkey, just take a bath. No, not to uh, but, uh, but to the die. No, I meant to the owner. Oh, I mean, oh, it's not permanent. You're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but Tosa says it's certainly a damage to the die. Okay, so the, or just just like seem like destroying the die. Okay, so Ravina Marhakab Mayaskinon to go into summer the Timur Dechad. No, 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 no. Here's the case. It's not a gzela case. Okay? Michael has a bat of, has wool. David has dye. I come to visit them with my pet monkey, Curious George. This is why Rashi said that I think right, what implied Rashi would say Kufa meant a monkey rather than a basket because we're about to talk yeah. about a kof. Okay, there's no gzela here. Okay, a monkey came along, which From is... Your you what? Your monkey. My monkey. It doesn't matter. Your monkey, my monkey, a wild monkey. It's not human agency, okay? A monkey came along. And it was getting into trouble. And like Curious George will do. And he basically, it's totally out of Curious George, you know? Like, anyway. He basically mixed Michael's wool with David's dice. So now the question is, so there's no recourse to the monkey, okay? So, I mean, I guess if I'm the owner of the monkey, you could talk to me about, like, uh, we go to the first half of Baba Kama, but it's a wild monkey. Forget that. So here's the question. Does Michael get to say to David, you know, okay, no one of us did anything wrong, but my die is still present. Give me back my die. And, you know, and David will have to then, if he can't physically remove the die and give it back which he obviously can't we'll have to pay Michael for the cost of the die because it's like Michael's die is in David's yard David says no there's no die left here the die disappeared I don't have anything of yours now Tosos asks a very good question Tosos says you might remember first half of Baba Kama that if, if without any fault I derive benefit from you my animal goes and it fall, fell into your yard and it got cushioned by falling on your fruit or it ate your fruit in Rishus Harabim. I don't have to pay you for the value of the fruit but I do have to pay you for some of the fact that I derived benefit at, from your object and at a loss to you and it's seen conceptually like I have that benefit. So Tosa says even if the dye isn't seen as present if David's wool now is worth $20 more it's like he has $20 of benefit that he got from Michael and he has to pay him that $20 right? Now maybe in a way again like you know, at a, at a discounted rate or something, okay? But Tosa says, like, even if the die isn't physically present, why shouldn't he owe Michael some money? And then he has some interesting questions about maybe if he didn't, he or his animal didn't do anything, it was just sort of like, you know, like an act of God, an act of monkey, you know, whatever that happened, it maybe he doesn't have to pay Michael for the fact that he his property is and now worth more. Totally like out of the picture. What? No Ghana in this case, okay? 
no, no, this last, no, this last scenario has no goslin. No goslin at all, okay? Um, so anyway, that's the point. So if the die is, if, if the die is considered present, David has to have some way of paying Michael for the die, because it's like he's holding on to Michael's die, and if the die isn't present, then there's no, you know, then, then there's no payment. And, you know, there should be some payment, you got some benefit out of it, but let's bracket that. Certainly it's not considered like the die is present, so he doesn't have to pay Michael for the full value of the die. That's the question. Okay, is Michael's die seem to be present in David's wool? Okay. Not present means the die has completely disappeared and it just left some uh, coloration, but that's something else. No. Integrated in the wool means that is present. Your die is somehow mixed up in my, my die is somehow mixed up in your wool, and my die is there. So if you can't get it out, pay me for it. That, that's the idea of yeshavach simanim. Yeshavach simanim is your die has disappeared; it doesn't exist anymore. I'm just left with colored wool, so I don't have to give you anything. I don't have your object now. Then the but at least you should say you got some benefit out of me. That's a different conversation. But I don't have your object. It starts with that. Okay. No, 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 no. Samanim is the dye, the, the 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 pigment, whatever word you want to call it. The shevach is the key word. Is it considered like that? The pre- I, I don't know. I, I can't get into the language issue here. Okay, fine. All right. So anyway, so the most like yeah. You could extend this into intellectual property in some ways, maybe. You know? This is so intense. You know? mm. In other words, did that person steal the yeah, from me? Right. right. Well, and they say, how much of it? That, 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 yeah, but that's not this. That's the point that Tosis is raising. Tosis is raising the point of, I got some improvement even without there being a physical object. That's not the idea of the Gemara. The Gemara's idea is, is it considered that the physical object is still present? Okay. Or do we say that the improvement of the die is not present, meaning David does not have have any of Michael's dye in his wool. Okay, he doesn't have like it's like not like the object is still present. Okay, um, I don't have anything of yours. I don't know what you're talking about. I have some nicer wool now, but I don't have any object of yours. Meanwhile, we haven't answered it. We're just that, we're not framing what the nafkin of the question would be. So one is the case of the monkey without a goslin, and the other case is a goslin who died it wants to give back both objects. And is he giving back both objects, or has he not given back the dye? Tashma, come in here. Beged arla yidalek. If you basically took a garment and you dyed it with the shells from orla fruit, now Rashi says this has to be a case where the um, uh, where the shells of the fruit. It's not actually. It doesn't mean like the wood of a tree because the only fruit is orla. Okay, but you use the shells of the fruit. Okay, um, and you, you derive and you derived some dye from it, and then you used it to dye a garment. Is that garment Asr Behanah or not? Because Arla is Asr Behanah. So the Gemara is going to get to that, okay? But the first thing is, so we have to establish that Arla is Asr Behanah, but even if Arla is Asr Behanah, maybe this isn't Arla anymore, okay? This is just dye. I'm not getting Hanah from the Arla. Now, maybe you could say, I got Hanah because I took a garment that was worth $5 and made it worth 10 okay? But it's fine. Then I was already over on my Isr Hanah. I improved the value of my property. But there would be no reason I can't wear it now because the way Wearing is not continuing to derive benefit because the orla is no longer present. So that's the question. Is the orla still present after it's dyed the garment? Okay? So it seems like it is. This is pomegranate and walnut. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, a good example of fruit that makes dyes. Yeah. Okay, pomegranate walnut. Alma chazusa nilsahi. So now the Gemara has reframed it from yeshevach samanim because that phrase of shevach samanim, particularly the word shevach, improvement, is a very choshen mishpatim mamanis word, right? Who owes who the money? You know, chazusa nilsah could be like a yardea word, like an iser word, right? Is it still present so that I'm getting hana from orla? So it's interesting the shift of the language. Besides Aramaic and Hebrew. Okay? You see that even if it's just appearance, it's still like it's present and you're still deriving benefit from it. Okay? So, Amarava, Rav says, No, 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 no. When it comes to Orla, the Torah actually forbade like aesthetic pleasure, like vis- if it's still visible. Okay? For Orla. Jatanya, Arelim lo yochel, it's a yeachel? Is it? We should check. Okay, somebody can look that up. Vayikli Yutet? Varlatomet Arlatoet Piryo? Lo Yeyachel? 
inclined to trust you on this. Okay, fine. Okay, Arelim lo yeyachel. Which anyway, the, 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 that phrase of shall be eaten, the passive is more used for Yisrael Hanah anyway, according to the Gemara. Arelim lo yeyachel, it shall not be eaten. I only know you can't eat it. How do I know you can't derive benefit? And you cannot use it to die. And you cannot use it to uh, use as fuel. So all this double language, to say all of them is forbidden. So basically, the Gemara is saying it's a special exception by Arla. Now, I do have to say, by the way, this you is... You could have said any word. Yechel could have been... Yeah, I mean, from Margaret, anything. Just fit Liechel for whatever. What are you asking? How do we get, how do we know to Darshan exactly this? That's always the question. Chazal, you know, but whatever. Chazal, you know, Chazal aren't starting in a vacuum. They have a sense of where they're going. Okay, anyway, but the point is, this, this is really a much larger discussion, right, uh, and which we're not going to get into. Number one is, forget the question of, is the thing considered present? There's another question, which is, is aesthetic pleasure considered pleasure? Okay? I cannot get pleasure from a vote Zara. Can I go and look at a gorgeous idol and, you know, get aesthetic pleasure from the artistry of it? Is that an Isser Hanal the Torah or not? Okay? Is Mara, you know, and we basically rule that that's only an Isser Durabonan type of a pleasure. Okay? So that's like one question. Right? That's not a question, is it present? In the scenario I gave, the idol is totally present. But is that considered a type of a Hanal? Right? There's another question here, which is like, is the Orla considered present in the garment? Am I getting benefit from the Orla? Which is sort of our question of Chazu so Rav's answer, like, oh, the Torah asked it here, Ana near Leinayim, you know, the near Leinayim seems to be pointing more to the other point. Like the Torah even asked aesthetic pleasure, seems to be pointing to defining the type of pleasure. But it seems that regardless, his answer is, this is what the Torah is saying by Orla. You can't, you can't learn out from this to other cases. This is a special halacha by Orla. Well, what? Meaning, like, how do you get from there that if I did it, then I have to, like, destroy it? Oh, because the mitzvah, oh. Um, that, that's a good point meaning may, or maybe I'm not allowed to continue wearing it because my wearing it is getting hana but how do you know I have to destroy it oh, okay I didn't misunderstand you so that's a good question and by the way that's part of why the Gemara is bringing it as a proof because the mitzvah is you know to destroy the orla so I mean that's Chazal learn out okay but in order that's a separate question but let's just take it you know in general okay um, um, but if there's a mitzvah to destroy an orla now there's a mitzvah to destroy the beged what you're saying is more than just it's included in the Yisra Hana what you're saying is that the Orla is still present. So Michael is absolutely correct to focus us on the fact that the idea of destroying the Beged is making a, a, a clearer statement than the Isser Hana that we're seeing the Orla still present. How we get from the, this Pasuk to say, because it's Asher Bana, there we seem to say, well, Satan's going to say it's Asher Bana, even if it's saved, presumably it's telling me that it's still considered to be present. Okay, so, but that's absolutely correct. And but at the end of the day, Rava says it's a special halakha by Orla. You can't learn it out to other things. Yes. So, something like in to go with the die comes from the leaves, don't have to worry about orla. Correct. Okay, so the so says it's an oral halacha. Okay, it's asher that's one thing, you know, you know, aesthetic is considered hana, it's asher as Michael said, not only is asher from there we infer that it's present and you have to destroy it. That's all an oral halacha. Toshma, come in here. Okay, begish it's for obiklik a shvius. Let's say you use shvius shells to uh, to do it. Uh, and by the way, we're going to discuss in a minute because shvius also is uh, you know does that apply? It doesn't apply to wood, like you know wood, uh, uh, you know whatever. Like you know you know if you break off a branch of a tree on shemitah and you know using it for like uh, firewood that doesn't have uh, the status of shemitah. Shemitah is also doesn't apply to indigo. Uh, uh, right, talk Anyway, but we'll have to figure out what type of dyes shemitah applies to. But nevertheless, let's move on. Okay, so you've got some type of a wood or a dye that Shemitah applies to like and you used it to use yeah you could be like the other one you used a fruit you used it to dye a garment you dilate you also have to burn it now this is after the time of Beor like there's a time when the fruit or whatever is no longer you know out in the fields and the animals are no longer eating it and then you have to destroy it if you have it stored up in your home because again Shemitah is supposed to be for eating not for storing so after a time that it's no longer available for eating you have to destroy it so anyway you see it's not limited to Arla you see it's considered to be present so the question says Shani Hasem Damakra Tiyah it says it says uh, what's the Pasuk uh uh, now I'm looking for um, uh, Kodesh Kodesh Tiyelachem 
I think it's Kodesh Tiyelachem. Okay. Tiyelachem Yaisokehe. It retains its status. So again, a special lach by Shemitah, that even after you died it, it's still considered to be present. So basically, yes, those are pretty good cases, but we're going to make them exceptions. Another way to also have said is, maybe there's a difference between the world of Yisrei Hana and the world of Dine Mominus. Right, again, that was that shift from Yeshevach Samanim to the language of Chazusa Milsa. But you've given me two examples about Yisrei Hana, and I'm going to say that those are exceptions. So we have an answer to our question. We have an answer. Now, Rova, now, although he was quoted before, and some say that before it was Rava, not Rava, does this again, but actually thinks that these are not exceptions. So now we're going to do, let's take a look. Rava Rami. Rava showed a contradiction. Tanan, our mission says, Rava started by assuming this wasn't an exception. No. That halacha by Erla, that you have to destroy it, shows that it's present. And shows that even just the appearance is like the thing is still there. So I'll ask you on this. If you have a revi'it, uh, a quarter of a log, it's like a three and a half ounces, all right? The minimum size for a kiddush cup. Okay, you got a three and a half ounces of blood, of a dead body. Now that's the amount of blood of a dead body that causes tumor in an ohel. If anything is under the same roof with that, it becomes tame. Now, what happened is, there was, God forbid, a murder in a house, okay, or whatever, and blood got absorbed into the floor, okay, into the floorboards, all right? And a revius of blood got absorbed. And then you cleaned out the whole house, the body isn't there, whatever. Is the blood still in the house? Is the blood still causing to him in a house? That's like a good, that's I think like the best case so far of, of is it still present? Yes, does it still cause new things that come into the house to become to me? Right, then rip up the floorboards, right. Okay, so Revius Dan Shinivla Babayas, Habayas Tame. So one teaching is the house is Tame. There's another version that the house is Tahor. So no pregame, we actually say these don't contradict. If there were vessels before it got absorbed in the house, then they're tamay because then it was not, it was it was actually present. Okay, habakelim the asulibesof. But after it got absorbed and you bring new objects into the house, the new objects do not become tamay. So if that's how you resolve it, the basic halacha is that the blood is not considered to be present. Okay, so nivlebixus. Now let's say it got absorbed into a garment. Okay, rowing you assess. If you could launder the garment and extract the revius of blood, so a revius of blood is extractable from the garment, okay, and you could in the end, you know, wring it out and you'd have a revius of blood be mixed up with your soapy water, but you would get a revius of blood out of it. Okay, this big toast is trying to figure out how you would determine that. But anyway, then the garment is, now Rashi says the garment's always tummy because the garment came in contact with the blood before got absorbed but it means the, the, the blood is still present and then if this blood is under if this garment is under a roof it causes everything else to become tamay okay so if the blood could be extracted the blood is still present it should really be mitama right mitama that's probably what the Bach switches it to okay or tamay I don't know no, just tamay vim love to run it's not tahor okay anyway so what do you see you see basically the halacha is bracketing the case where the where the where the dye or the blood is extractable if it's not extracted it's assumed that it's not present. So when it comes to Orla, it's present, and you have to destroy the Beged. When it comes to Tuma, uh, you know, bracketing the extractable case, it's not present. What's the Halacha? They contradict one another. So before we said Orla is the exception, Rav is going to say blood is the exception, Tuma is the exception. Amar Rav Kahana says Rav Kahana, We're talking about a leniency about a revius of blood. Why? Because Bidam It's talking about not blood that came out after the guy had died. It was blood that was coming out as the guy was dying. So, uh, so we're just using dying in a different way than before. Um, as the guy was expiring. Anyway, in that case, when you're not sure if the full amount, the full amount of the revius, the minimum amount, came out after death, it's possible the minimum amount did not come out after death. Some of it came out during life. So there, it's a whole, that's called Dam Tvusa. It's a question what the status of this blood is. That case, it's only Durabanam that it causes trauma. So we're going to be lenient and say if it's absorbed, it does not cause trauma. But if it was a full Full revius of blood that came out after death and it was absorbed in the floorboards, 
yes, it would still be present and still cause Tumah. So the Gemara and the Amad Aleph and the Amad Bet have completely switched gears. The Gemara and the Amad Aleph was arguing Chazusa is Lav Nilsa, and the case of Orla is an exception. A special puzzle by Orla, you destroy it, you do it present, but the rule is it's not present. This is the opposite. Orla is the rule, it is present, you destroy the begot of the Orla, and this case of Tumah, that's an exception. But the basic halacha is that yes, even after dye is absorbed or blood is absorbed, it's considered to be present. You yes. Say, I know you don't have to go into the detail, but in kind of a broad way, there's a kashrut application. Like, there's the same mindset, right? Like Tom Keys. Yeah, there definitely is something kashrut. similar. When is something still so there? When is something Absolutely. Still present? Absolutely. Affects the environment. Totally. Okay, so we have a conclusion. We have not had a conclusion. Perfect. We end it without a conclusion, and now because we mentioned shemitah, we're going to turn a little bit to discussing what types of uh, things have kedusha shemitah. Do dyes have kedusha shemitah? Uh, yes. Saying with your blue shirt that intuitively it's not there anymore. Here it's saying it's it there. is there. Yes, that is correct. Okay, now again, maybe there's a different halacha between dinim mamanis and isurim. Right? There's the language is interesting. Switching from yeshevach samanim to a language of chazusa milsa. Okay, now the gemara turns to shmita. Rava Rami. Rava showed another contradiction. Tanan. Miminat sovim. There's a mission that says that any type of like plant or whatever, or that's from a type of a dye or whatever plants used for pigments are have kedusha shemitah. So it says, Miminat Sovim, what would be an example of that? Sviche Satim Vakotza. So if you have like a wild growth of Satim and Kotza, what are those? According to Stein's thoughts, it's woad. It's used to produce... It's what? Woad. It's used to produce a dye chemically identical to indigo. Okay, yeah, we're back to our indigo. What's the Satim? Safflower. Safflower and woad, okay. Anyway, so these are types of plants, okay. Yeshlem so even though, here's the point though, unlike Orla, these are inedible, okay? They are, they are types of vegetation or plants or whatever that are used primarily for dye and they are not edible. And even though they're not edible, they have Kedusha Shemitah. Yeshlem Shemitah will demeim Shemitah. And if you sold them, the, kedusha, the, 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 the money would also have that status. Yeshlem beer, if they're, they have to be destroyed after they're no longer sort of the time of beer of destroying it has come. And if they were sold, then the money has that halacha as well. So what do you see? Even though they're inedible, they have Kedusha Shemitah. Alma, Eishim Yetzirah Mishim Kedusha Shemitah. It sounds like wood, stuff that's not edible, that grows, has Kedusha Shemitah. Okay, is that really true? Ramini, I'll ask you. If you have leaves, we're back to the leaves case now, of like, of like a, of a, of what's a, a kind of reeds, or leaves of, uh, or, vi, or, or grape leaves, if you, you sort of collected them out in the field, okay, in order to sort of store them, okay. But people are not assuming that you eat grape leaves. Right, wait, wait, here's what they're going to say. If you gather them for the purpose of eating, so you basically are treating them as food. Yesh b'hamishum kedusha shviyas. Then they have kedusha shviyas because they're food. Le'etzim. If you gather them to use as wood, as firewood, ain't b'hamishum kedusha shviyas. They don't have the kedusha shmita. So what is it? Here it's clear that stuff that's not edible, not treated as food, doesn't have kedusha shmita. And by the case of dyes, even if it's not edible, it has the kedusha shmita. So what's the story? So we'll just read the one answer. Mishani, here's the answer. Amar Kra, the verse says, It says, you know, All of the grain should... So what's the L'Achla Pasuk? A different one. Thank you. Okay, so the resting of the land will be for you to eat. So, okay, eat doesn't sound like dying. So, the other type of dying. So, no, for me, so any type of benefit of, of that is ex- sort of, of, uh, of de- uh, that is similar to the experience of eating. So, what does it mean? What happens when you eat food? The pleasure you get from the food comes at the time it's being destroyed. Okay, now, why is that 
true by dyes and not true by firewood for the following reason. It actually only explains the firewood. By firewood, okay, if everybody ever tried to make a fire, I just spent a week in Vermont or whatever and had a couple of meals by campfire, okay, you can cook it as it's like when the fire is high, but the best way is like after the fire has died down and you've got the coals, right, so that the basic benefit comes right, from, when it's burning from, when you're getting the fire from the part that has already turned into charcoal, not from the, food, the, the, the stuff that's present. So that's considered to be the primary benefit comes after it's been destroyed. Now how about the dyes? Where does the benefit come after, during the time it's been destroyed? So here there's a debate of Rashi Tosos. Rashi says, and we'll end with this, Rashi says four lines from the bottom, Avomin so the when you're when you're when you're making the dye, remember we talked about like putting the stuff into like uh, uh, into water and whatever, you're getting benefit because the the, the 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 vegetation is being destroyed while it's creating the dye. So Rashi says the benefit is that you now have some dye. You destroyed some you know some some uh, bark or whatever, and you res- and now you have dye. That's the benefit. Tosus has a different explanation. Tosus says, if you look at Tosus, he says, biran, right, one line into that Tosus middle line, he says, Avotseva, Hanasan Biran Shavewai, Danasan Keshaloshan, Saazu Kaleo Mitpaer. When do I get the benefit from the dye? When I wear my nice blue shirt. That's why I wear blue today, okay? So until that point I wasn't deriving any benefit from it. But now as I'm wearing it, well, my wearing of it is also the process of destroying it, because as I'm wearing it, the dye is slowly being used up or something I don't know which is crazy like what like I bet you this whole shirt will fall to pieces before the dye comes now that's not true some types of things the dye does start to wear away but that's like a little funny that does not feel to me like the benefit and the destroying are coming at the same time so for some reason the Gemara understands by dye let's take Rossi's approach that as you destroy the plant it transforms into this liquid type of dye and that's considered you derived the benefit you made something out of it okay whereas by the wood the benefit is seen to come after the wood is destroyed not at the time the wood is being destroyed so um, based on some distinction which I know to us seems pretty hair splitting but we're saying dyes have Kedusha Shemitah and wood does not okay and we will pick up with this tomorrow on Shabbos